dated a girl, and her dad was a pastor, and he went on mission trips to Africa, and he swore to me that the meat was trifling. Maybe he's talking about the, the sear marks or something. <laughs> All these years later, you believe that? He's always told me that. The man of God did like not- a striped steak. The man of God Wait, couldn't lie to me. Joel, did you think it was like alternating light and dark meat or something? That's what like, he said. He yeah. said it alternated, like, like light and dark. <laughs> Shit. So is zebra meat uh, pink with black stripes or black with pink stripes? <laughs> That's exactly. <laughs> you tell me, Brooks. Shit. What's up, y'all? Welcome back to another episode of that. Reload Podcast. I'm your host, Joel. I'm joined today, as always, with the entire crew. I have sitting across from me the bouge, the man himself, our resident cook, Jeremy, the Kitchen Whitelaw. Meh. And to his right, we got the Tekla. We got our pit master and producer, my man, Mr. Matt Farr. Levels, levels. And last but not least, the backbone of the show, the sweet, the sassy, sometimes salty, Miss Stacy. Hey, guys. So we got a great episode today. This episode is long overdue. Um, I can't wait to for you guys to get to know our guest we have on here. You've heard us talk about the company he's involved with a lot, and you've heard me talk about this man a little bit as well. But before we do that, I want to catch up with you guys, kind of let you know some things that's been going on in my world, of course. Oh, yeah. Let's start with you. It always starts with me. <laughs> if I don't get it in now, I won't get it in at all. That's what he said. <laughs> shit okay oh that was perfect so uh first i wanted to give you guys a little update uh all of our listeners out there we are in progress the process of building a new home so we uh we've been looking for a house here recently we're getting ready to put our house up for sale we came across this house that had just got started and over the past two weeks we've been hammering it out hard trying to get uh, everything picked out. God bless. I'm just dropping them. <laughs> dropping all, the, all the end of windows. But uh, no, it's really excited. And I'm really excited because we finally get to have um, a brand new reload studio. And like open concept kitchen. So that's really, really exciting. And if, if you guys know me, and I know Matt and Jeremy, of course Joel knows because he lives with me. I can be a tid bit indecisive about things, but you know, I can't imagine no. this process right but, now. <laughs> yeah. But this is the thing. This is where I'm going to blow your mind. So like I'm indecisive when it comes to like stuff with the business, you know, trying to guess what other people like and what's going to sell good and what's going to do this and what design should I go to. But like when it's for me, like I know what I want. I know what I like. It's not as Dude, hard. She's been crushing it. On it's our, not hard on our kitchen. That's awesome. Yeah, and then if I get to a spot, like if I get to okay, like I really like these things, I'll say you just pick because I like either I like any of these three, or you know, or he'll say I really like this one and this one. I'll say I like them both, so you just go ahead and pick. So it's surprisingly been smooth. It's been really good. So the thing I'm interested to hear about is what does this mean for our show? Because I know you guys have some huge plans. Uh, you, you're, you're talking about building out this space. What does that mean for our show? Well, it means it things are going to be a lot more uh, streamlined whenever y'all come over to cook. Maybe uh, less baking in the heat on the uh, infernal <laughs> sun 
area out here <laughs> on my porch. No construction behind the house. We're going to have this great big patio, huge we've, kitchen, and transition spots from the studio to the cooking area. And we've, you know, upgraded and paid extra money to have all these extra outdoor plugs to fit all of our Camp Chef smokers, our flat top, you know, a special mm-hmm. paved area so that we can have our little grilling section Covered patio, and then for us, we're going to have... Um, photography. Photography yep. is going to be a lot easier to get a hold of, too, now. <laughs> Instead of so trying to find a little nice nook here in this house we have, have now. We're going to have a little studio for us in our own little table, and that potentially opens us up for broadcasting on video. Yeah. Exactly. That's what I was looking that, for. Is that where you are getting at? Yes. Yeah, that's what I was aiming for. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I know a lot of people, you know, as they're listening, they're messaging, they're emailing us and stuff like that. Like, they want to see it. There's only so much when we're sitting here chowing down on amazing tacos or French pastries and drinking bourbons. And it's going to open up so much more if we can broadcast it on YouTube, have the video, show everything as it's happening, facial expressions, yes. you know, especially when I might get a little salty. My, my man tears where y'all are making fun of me all the time. So that's when that's gagging fun. on something, we can see it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. gagging live on there. So we're really excited about it. It looks like it should be which, done in December, which well, is it, the busiest time for our business. So I don't know how that's going to go. Y'all are going to have to bear with me. Well, also, if you guys will follow um, that Reload Wife and follow that Reload Life, which is me, I'm going to start a story in the progress of the house and everything. That'd but be cool. That'd second be cool thing. To see. Second thing, and I'm and I'm done. Make this really short. Since the Potty Boys were on the podcast, I have continually been running down the rabbit hole of conspiracies. Oh mm-hmm. boy! Yes, I've had to tune out him. Like sitting on the couch, he's so enthralled in these I videos. Feel, I feel it's either yes, it may be a bunch of bullshit. But what wait, if wait, what conspiracy? What, what if conspiracy? it's not? Well, okay. Everything, I, I, like aliens and freaking they're Illuminati's. Real. And they're real. like the Hollywood eating children and the whole... <laughs> he was sitting across the breakfast. Pizza we gate. Were, listen, we were yes. sitting across the table this morning having breakfast and he's talking about, you know, and, and it's a serious <laughs> thing. I mean, it really, really is a serious thing with the pedophiles and stuff like that. But he was talking about like anti-aging and all this stuff and he was like, so what do you think they do with these children? He's like, they eat them and they drink their blood. And I said, do you realize how freaking crazy you sound right now? It does now? sound freaking crazy, but it's happening. It's too bad there's not like a medical professional to like contradict you at breakfast. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what a shame. Anyways, we'll save up for another podcast. That definitely needs to be opened up to another Matt, podcast. Matt, I want you to talk about what you wanted to talk about. <laughs> what I wanted to talk about. So I watched a movie last night with my wife. And I feel like it's one of those movies that everybody's seen but me. I don't know. You guys ever heard of this little movie called Top Gun? Key the music. (laughs) (laughs) How have you lived this your entire life and not seen effing Top Gun? I don't know, man. I just, it's like the whole time I'm watching and I'm picking up on all these references like uh, (laughs) Talk to Me Goose and (laughs) from like 20 years ago. You're like, hey. And I'm like, I've been saying this stuff and had no idea where it came from. (laughs) Well, well, the movie your... does not hold up, by the way. I mean, I have no idea how, how well it was received back then. seems like it did pretty good in the box office, and obviously we've got all these catchphrases from it, but, I mean, it was cringy at times. Come on, Iceman. So do you think that it was overhyped? Not for the day. Uh, that movie, you know, that movie so, now would be awesome. 
it was pretty impressive. Some of like the, the dog fighting scenes and stuff like that, that are in there. I would yeah. say the action part of it definitely holds up. What doesn't hold up is all the dated dialogue and Tom Cruise, you know, as 20 year old or whatever. Well, he's kind of cringy anyways. I mean, he wasn't back then, but like some of the things that he's done in recent times has made him cringy, but well, you know, you, you know what makes me cringe what? is the fact that in our group chat, all y'all were talking about how you all had call signs and, I got shit. <laughs> Jeremy would never give you one. <laughs> just um, because you wanted one so bad. <laughs> but here's the thing. I don't have one either. And like Stacy and Matt bo- You're the booze. So classic. You're bougie. Well, you're the booze. Wait a minute. What did you say about me? Okay. No, you guys are just perfect. It fell in line. I mean, we have levels, levels, and then Mongoose, of course. Right? Yeah, I'll never leave that down. <laughs> How perfect is that? Yeah. I'll never leave that and down. You're the booze. Uh, and this is, the, uh-huh. this, this is, I have like, uh, a thing with this because growing up all my buddies had nicknames and we did this thing where we started uh buying each other like on our birthdays after we graduated high school this giant mug with an engraving of our nicknames on it and i was so excited to get mine i'm like what are they gonna nickname me what's my nickname gonna be and it just said joel <laughs> <laughs> Your goal sign is Joel. So listen, though, like you guys had the you opportunity. Like had the opportunity to fulfill his dreams last night in the group chat when we said, "Okay, Joel." We're like, "Joel, what's?" Joel says, "What's my call sign?" And it was like crickets. I know. None of you <laughs> said anything. It was just silence. You didn't even like the freaking. No, yeah. You have had a. You have been called Hollywood a lot. Is, you have that, been called Hollywood. I have been called Hollywood. Uh-huh. That Hollywood's perfect. You know, yeah. I kind of joked around and said, if you're still on the vape, it'd be vape man, sort of a riff on ice man. <laughs> but I like Hollywood a lot better. Yeah. Hollywood's pretty good. Like, I, didn't, you I, didn't, know. I didn't remember that. My wildcat Matt um, named me Hollywood because when I would yeah. go, all of our hunting buddies named me Hollywood because when I would go out there, I'd have all my all sponsored hunting, all my sponsored equipment and all my crap, my cameras and shit. Cameras and stuff. Yeah. yeah. And you're the talent. Remember, you know, like we each bring our each little puzzle piece to this and you're the you're you're the you're okay the th- talent thanks honey I the face you're the yeah face. you could be you could be the face if you wanted <laughs> you're the face. Like, like, like in the 18 you know the face that is true oh man blue steel like blue Ooh, steel yeah, yeah. so are you gonna watch the new top gun movie are you gonna watch the new one I got to think the new one's going to be a little bit better than the old one. I know I've, I watched the trailer for it already and I did a little bit of the, the Wikipedia, um, uh, you know, looking up some information on it. So I will probably go see it if for no other reason than it's supposed to come back out, you know, hopefully movie theaters are open. I'm going to be desperate to get out of the house. So yeah, I'll probably go see it. All right. Well, I'll a little def- parenting tip, Matt, um, tell Julie, you have to go to work and then just go to the movies. <laughs> <laughs> parenting tip. I appreciate that. Do what my that. dad and, and his hunting buddy used to do to me when I was a kid. Hey, we're going out for toothpaste and they come back at three in the morning, half, you know, half lit from the titty bar. <laughs> oh, buddy. Joel, you keep <laughs> telling these stories. We're going to nickname you PTSD. <laughs> I, I guess. I'm serious. They would, they, they would tell me at the, at the hunting camp trailer, here, just watch TV. We're going to run out and get some toothpaste. And they wouldn't, they'd come stumbling in at like three in the morning. It's like, why do you guys all need to go get toothpaste together? Why is that throwing up? <laughs> well, that's what my, my brother and sister-in-law always tell the kids they're going to Home Depot, and that means that right next to Home Depot is Casual Pines, so they go and they grab a couple beers, and then they go home. And but they never come home with anything from Home Depot. But yeah, well, what do you do? Oh, all right, proximity. Well, well, let's take a break, and on the other side, we're going to introduce our guest. 
a guy that I am very excited to have on the podcast and very excited for all of you all to get to know. So we'll see you on the other side of the break. guys so we are back from the break and it is time to introduce our guest if you have been listening to that reload podcast you know that we are big fans of camp chef products and today we have one of my good friends um a guy that i got to know over two years ago now no a year i like to say two years makes it sound like we've been friends longer (laughs) and uh we've got to know each other he's been a, a really good buddy for me i want to introduce right now my man from Camp Chef, Brooks Hansen. What's going on, my man? Not much. Thanks for having me on, guys. I've uh, been looking forward to this all day. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> only a day, though, Joel. I've only been looking forward to it for a day. <laughs> for the last few hours. <laughs> you, you, you know me. My mind's in like nine million places. Uh, so I had yeah. to buckle down and focus. But you've got me for like the next five minutes. Sometimes I think you forget. <laughs> you, you, sometimes I felt like you had forgot who I was. For a little bit. Never. Not even close. <laughs> I mean, you said like you said you want to be friends for two years. That's pushing it. We'll go a year and a half. I think yeah, I think that's about right. A solid yeah, year. Was, a solid was, year. It was and March half. of 2019. Yeah, solid year and a half. That was our first date. That was first date. <laughs> I mean, and it was it was a good date. That's for sure. Turkey blind and a in a in a hog blind. That's well. We weren't, we were definitely gobbling. Hey, okay. Lord. <laughs> you should have heard us on the hunting trip. Anyways, um, so Brooks, you are, tell us your, your, your title with Camp Chef. Like, what do you do? <clears throat> so my official title is uh, public relations manager here at Camp Chef. I've been at Camp Chef for going on eight years. Wow. So mm. that's, that's my title and that's what I do. So my Main uh, job is to work with the media and getting exposure on our product. So you mean if, also work with, pardon me. Well, so you're saying important people like me. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Work with the influencers, work with the, uh, I mean, there's not, not all, we kind of have it broken down a little bit here in the office, but uh, um, I tend to lean more on the hunt fish side. Um, got a couple other guys that go more heavy on barbecue side and we're kind of, the really cool thing about Camp Chef is we're, we're like a really tight family and everybody wears lots of hats and we just kind of tag team stuff together. And yeah. So, so that's it. What other hats is there? So you got like the barbecue side, you got the hunt fish side. Like what are some of the other sides you got like camping, hiking, anything like that? Yeah. So you've got like your just traditional outdoors people, you know, your camping, hiking RV group, you got your tailgaters. That's a huge one. Oh. I mean, I know you guys are big vol fans, right? That's yeah. right. Yes, sir. Yeah, that's I remember that. These <laughs> people. Come so, on, uh, come on, man. Anyway, uh, yeah, you got your tailgaters. You've got you've got your mommy bloggers. You've got uh, your like stay at home like chefs. Um, all of our cast iron products fit into that category really well. Um, and then your hunt fish side, and then your barbecue influencers. And barbecue is just blown up. I mean, you guys see, you're yeah. you're witnessing it firsthand every day. It's it's such a cool industry to be part of. And it's so cool to see what people are starting to do on their own. Like back in, I don't know, I'd say five years ago, maybe even you could go as far back as 10 years ago. You say the word barbecue 
and a lot of people got intimidated. Yeah. But with the way grills and things have developed now, there's more and more people trying more things. Now, I'm still not opposed to going to a good barbecue joint and tasting like awesome, awesome food. But I like to do it myself, too, and I'm seeing more and more people do that, especially during this time that we've got going on right now where more people are home. They're trying to find ways to cook. We've seen a huge influx in people wanting to do that themselves. So it's been really cool to be part of. Oh, 100%. I know ourselves, you know, for one, Reload has really taken off since you know, people are at home and cooking more, but even our family members, our neighbors, our friends have all bought, uh, recently bought a lot of flat tops. Like I think on, I think four yeah. or five of our friends alone have went out and bought a camp chef flat top just because they're home and you can cook for your whole family all on that one, um, grill space and stuff like that. So, and, and, and these are people that, you know, they would cook in the kitchen and stuff like that, but weren't really self-proclaimed cooks yeah. or like barbecuers, but now they're like venturing out and realizing, Hey, this is easily attainable. I can cook really good food at home without going out to the restaurant, spending 80 or hundred bucks for your family and eating. So well, and that's really made a difference. You know, it's, it's still nice to go out to a restaurant and have somebody cook for you. Or in my particular case, I'd like to go to the Licklider's house and have them cook for me. <laughs> I've never got an invite though. No, you're so, always invited. Let's go. <laughs> you got to wear, you got to wear a ball shirt. Like it's nice, but at the same time, it's it's also nice to be able to buckle down and do it yourself too. So there's there's pros and cons to all of it. I'm just I'm just happy that I have food to eat because it fits well with my pear shaped figure. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll I'll say this, man. I, I um the thing I, that I love about your company, the thing that has drawn me um, to want to work with you guys, um, like we have, has been your all's commitment to take care of the people that and show that show the love to the people that are promoting you, you know, that we're not just out there. Um, we're not just schmoes. You all make it a point to reach out and contact. And even that, you know, um, me, how me and you met was, you know, you guys took me and, and our buddy, John and old Bama grill master, uh, you know, down to Texas or whatnot. Yeah, and you know what? It's hard because you can't please everybody, but you try. You yeah. try, and uh, and everybody's got busy schedules, and we're trying our hardest to to get people up to speed. And, and there's not a better way to get exposure of your product other than a hands-on experience and go spend some time. The first thing I want to do is I want to get to know you, and I want to you know I want to be your friend. I want to show you how cool our product is, and then let you really experience what you can do with it. You know, the versatility is really what sets us apart. Amen. Brooks, something I'm super interested to hear about, and I think our listeners will be interested to hear about as well, is how does somebody become the public relations manager for a grill company? Like, walk me through how you got to where you're at today. <laughs> you know, to I, I like I am like super blessed. Like, I feel like it almost fell in my lap a little bit. So, um, I, uh, I guess we, we'll take the long road. We got time for the long road? Hey, Amen. Yeah, let's go, man. So, much time? so uh, I, have a, I have a background in uh, broadcast journalism and video production. That's what I went to school in um, and uh, got out and was working in TV production and working as an on-air talent for sports production and local high school sports in the state of Utah and then throughout the whole Midwest for um, – uh, there's several different TV companies like Altitude Sports Entertainment for the Big Sky Conference and 
just doing college sports. And that was really, I loved sports and I loved to be outdoors and hunt and fish. I grew up on a dairy farm and we had you plenty too. of land. And did you know Jeremy Whitelaw also grew up on a dairy he farm? Did. No, I did not <laughs> grow up I, on a dairy know. farm. <laughs> I, he, I had him pegged as a dairy farmer. Like the second I, I, I saw him, I was like, yes, I, he's a I dairy worked farmer. on a farm, but anyways, <laughs> no, I, sorry. So I'm anyway, sorry. no. So, uh, so that's what I was doing was, um, uh, broadcast journalism and uh, video production on that side. It was mostly all live sports, live TV stuff. The problem was, is I never saw my family and I worked so many nights and weekends and it just, I wasn't like uh, happy. So um, I have been a camp chef customer since 1990. In fact, um, that's when we were um, founded as a company. My dad has one of the original camp chef stoves from, you know, probably the first year or two that they uh, started. And it was a staple at hunting camp. So I've always known what Camp Shift was. They're kind of close to the neighboring town that I grew up in. So I knew who they were. People in, in our community knew who they were. It was an up-and-coming business that made cool products to make cooking, like, so much better in the outdoors. And uh, anyway, I just happened to stumble across um, an, an ad for a video production manager at Camp Chef. Applied, got the job. Did that for about two and a half, three years. Um, while I was doing that, I spent a long, a lot of time with our previous marketing director, who also did all the public relations. Um, and I just loved what he did. And I was like, man, I can totally see myself in that role. Um, I feel comfortable around people. Um, I love this product. You know, what do I need to do to, you know, kind of transition into a role like that? We kind of, you know, I was really busy with, uh, with, with what I had going on video wise. We also sponsored a couple TV shows that, uh, to help, um, with our sponsorships because I had a video background. I actually traveled with the talent and shot some of their stuff. Mm -hmm. So, um, I spent a lot of time with, uh, Scott Laysath, the sporting chef shot his yeah. show for about five years, um, <clears throat> in the outdoor television and, uh, also a bunch for sportsman's news. So anyway, that was kind of what I was doing. And then that marketing director left. <clears throat> and when he left, um, uh, I was approached by our current president. Well, I approached him and said, hey, I'd love to fill in that role. And so there was myself and Ryan Neely, if you guys know Ryan. I know Jeremy knows Ryan. Yeah. Um, he had just been hired on for about six, eight months full time after out of college. And so we kind of tag team the whole marketing side of stuff. And then uh, I kind of slowly transitioned more into the PR side. And then he did more of the day-to-day -day marketing with product launches and oversight influencers and a bunch of other stuff. So lots of hats to wear, but that's, that's really how I came into it. And I've been very fortunate and very blessed to, you know, do some really cool things to showcase our product. Cause like I said, there's no better way than to show our product to, to somebody than in the element and where it really shines. I mean, you can sit on a showroom floor at a, at a trade show and talk all about it, but until you get them out in the woods and let them see how the portability works, or until you go to a back patio and, you know, really walk them through how easy it is to use a pellet grill or show them the versatility with the sidekick. There's all kinds of things like that that are just so cool, which is how Joel and I met. I mean, I mm -hmm. had, we'd been working with Joel a little bit. Um, he'd been doing a lot of good things with us. And I, I put together a list of a couple of people I want to get to know better so we could really establish a relationship to help the growth of Camp Chef. And it's a, it's a family thing. It's, it's not me saying, Hey, Joel, do this. And it's not Joel saying, Hey, Camp Chef, do this. It's we're in it together and we want to help grow together. Amen.
Buddy, I want to talk about, you know, I know that you, in the role that you are, you you are, like you said, a mile a minute, and you're going all over the place. Like, can you give me some places, like, you know, tell me, like, how many places have you been around the country? I know you want, one time we spoke, you were like, I got to get to West Palm Beach. I'm not even going home yet. And then, you know, next thing you're flying over here, you're flying over there. Kind of tell me, like, wh- like what that's like when you're having to go do those things and, and what you're doing them for. You know what? If the, when it's happening, when you're traveling around and really going to different events and meeting new people and pushing product, it's stressful and hard. And now that uh, with the current travel restrictions and everything being shut down the way it is, I'm starting to miss it because I haven't really traveled hardly at all since, since March. Yeah. You know, the first week of March is about the last time. So, uh, so you're right. What's that like? Oh, it's awesome. It's awesome. I love to get to know new people and, and, and talk food. And, uh, and I've, like I said, I've been very fortunate. I've been to, you know, North of the Arctic circle and Kotzebue, Alaska, and then even on a float plane or not float plane, but a bush plane, further north than that to chase caribou and and bears and whatever stuff but you know the staple that we did was hey you don't have to take an mre to eat good when this plane drops you off and says we'll see you in seven days mm-hmm. you're a hundred you're a hundred miles north of the arctic circle you're all alone you don't see a another soul you don't see anything you might hear an airplane every once in a while of a bush plane taking somebody else to a camp but they drop you off you don't have wheels you don't have anything and so you have your weapon you have your sleeping bag and then i had killer cook gear and uh, I, took a, <laughs> I took a soft-sided cooler that had i had uh i had halibut and i had salmon and i had uh i had one i had three days of food and we we're gonna be there for seven or eight and we we did get out in time weather's pretty crazy um and then the rest of our diet was caribou and and fish that we caught so i, I just wanted to make sure we had three days of solid food but man alive we had fresh blueberry pancakes we go pick blueberries on the side of the hill and put uh, fresh blueberries in pancakes i mean that was so much better than an mr an mre now i like mres they're okay but yeah. if you can eat better and you can eat better with a camp chef yeah i see your face yeah, yeah so what equipment are you bringing out on trips like that <laughs> so something like that we take our uh i had our mountain series stuff which is more of our um lighter car camping stuff like suitcase style stoves um they're mountaineer is the an aluminum stove that I took. It's got a, a leg kit accessory, so it'll stand up off the ground. Um, it's got 20,000 BTU burners. It's lightweight. And then all I took was one small 8-inch Dutch oven and uh, two skillets, two flat skillets. And that fed their camp. With, there's five of us in camp, and that was more than enough to feed us. I also had um, three, you know, four of our striker stoves so we could get coffee going every morning with there the striker stove. We also use that to heat water for like instant potatoes to, you know, we needed something to go along with the, uh, with the proteins that we were eating. I also, in that cooler, I also put a bunch of fresh cut vegetables that I back sealed and took with me. So I chopped a bunch of carrots and broccoli and cauliflower and peas and beans and back sealed them, froze them, put them in the cooler. And then we had fresh veg and it was, it was awesome. So dude, eat like a king. Yeah. I mean, that's what it's about. And, and it's, you know, the cool thing is, is that stove, the aluminum stove is about $229. You can get our Everest stove. The Camp Chef Everest stove is, uh, trying to remember off the top of my head, about 179 retail. You can get a stove like that and a couple cast iron skillets and 
and just all you have to do if you go out back into the deep woods like that, if weight's not a huge issue, pack a soft-sided cooler of frozen stuff and you're going to eat good. Yeah. So, oh, yeah, because who wants yeah. to go out there and eat crap when you can go out there and you can make fresh food, yeah. like the fresh meat that you're catching. And So how are you cooking? Yeah. How are you cleaning your pans when you're out there? Are you just dunking them in the river, dunking them in the streams? <sighs> Who cleans pans anymore? Oh, sorry. They're, they're cast the, iron. The you don't clean them. The lady of the <laughs> podcast. No, no. So that's a that's a valid point. That's a valid point. Um, boil water. And in my little, I had a little cook kit, a little bag that had a cook kit, and I had some Camp Chef cast iron cleaner, which it's it's uh, just it's our cleaner. You know, <laughs> well, Kristen Gathering Health swears by that stuff. We've not we've not tried it yet. We've the cast used, iron cleaner. We've not used the cast iron cleaner, but she uses I would it send all the time. It, I would send some to you, but your dog might get it like it gets the cord <laughs> to your smoker. He's had to he's had to fix our camp chef several hey, times just because hey, our dog chews the cords. No, I put reload pack and heat all over the cords, and she's not touched them. She's since. not touched them. Like he took that canola spray, like in the spray can, and he sprayed it all on the cord. And then dusted our uh, pack and heat all over it, our spicy blend, and she hasn't touched it. Nice. The you reason Joel wanted to have you on here and find out how you got hooked up with Camp Chef is because if you ever need like a spokesman for replacement cords, like he's actually gunning <laughs> for that job. Um, so that's uh, the real reason behind all of this. What's hey. funny is I usually, um, I usually bust him every time I see it. What's funny is Mike from Halteman Family Meats. You know, we had we had ordered something, or he had. I don't know if he sent something or if we had actually. Um, ordered it but in our order came um some bones and on the um label it said for sadie so she quits chewing up your cords <laughs> I, I love it wow shit man but now going back to your point about um if you know weight's not an issue kind of a thing I, for me anytime i've been outdoors whether it's hiking or hunting or camping i want to eat the best mm-hmm. um i don't want to skimp my guys went back in my early 20s we would go hiking. Um, we'd hike, you know, probably eight, nine, ten miles, whatnot, with our packs. Stay overnight, and um, they always wanted to bring like the the basics and food. And I'm like, no, man, so boring. That's not bringing, what it's about. Like, no, I was bringing uh, a pound of baked beans. I was bringing tortillas, egg beaters. I was bringing bacon if we could get it. I was bringing everything, like canned chicken, all this. <laughs> Jeremy's about to barf. <laughs> <laughs> like we're gonna eat good. We got canned chicken, mm, egg beaters, egg beaters, packaged tortillas. Huh? I went camping when I was younger too, and we bring a frozen steak and be thawed out by dinner. We'd have a steak when we we're camping. Like, this is that's hiking, how you do not it. camping. This is backcountry yeah. hiking. This oh man, when we camp, we throw down some food. We're always in charge of the menu when hey, we're camping. I will say this: when I, I watched your guys' Instagram stories, uh, gosh, it was about a month or two ago. You had like a big May. family. May yeah. must have been like the lick lighter family reunion. The Clampets <laughs> go camping. <laughs> well, it was and, Memorial like, Day weekend. Yes, you guys threw down some awesome meals. That was so cool to see. Oh, skirt steak. And you had so many different, you had so many different varieties of cooking. You're cooking on like a Camp Chef Pro Series. Thought you had a some type of flat top that you're using, and then also just over the fire with coals. That was awesome. Yeah, yeah man. So now we took the uh, we took the Pro Sixty out there, yeah. and I had the barbecue box, and then I had uh, both of the um, the cast iron flat tops that you could put on over each burner. And man, we did hibachi. You know, we had breakfast burritos, skirt steak, we did tacos, skirt steak tacos. You know, it was. But with that one unit, I used to go out there and I would bring three different units to cook on because we wanted to do all these different meals. But that one unit did everything. 
and it folds up that's in a bag so, and goes in the back of my car. So that's what makes Camp Chef so cool is the versatility. So 30 years ago, we're celebrating 30 years this year. 30 years ago, the, the previous owner of our company, he's since retired, the founder, Ty Meesum, he was entertaining a bunch of Boy Scouts. And I don't know, a group of 20 maybe. And the only thing that he could find to cook for those 20 kids bless was you. like a comb. Yeah, bless you. Thank you. It was like a Coleman style, suitcase style gas stove, like a white gas stove. And he's like, I, I can't cook for that many people with this small gear. He's like, isn't there something else? And he, God, he started doing research. He couldn't find anything. He's like, there's got to be a better way. Yeah. So he, he saw a niche and a need in the market. So that's when he went to, to build and then built the original Pro 60 stove, which is a two burner, 30,000 BTU burner stove that is 100% modular. When we say modular, you first got your heat source and now you can add a barbecue box. Mm-hmm. Or a grill box is probably the correct term. You got a grill box. You can add a pizza oven. You can put a pot and do a big seafood boil. You can do our flat top griddles on them. And now you've got a still flat top griddle that is a seasoned still that you can do your hibachi with. So with that one unit, fold it up into a carry bag, individual carry bags for the other stuff. You can cook so many different styles. So that was really the vision. And it's so cool now, 30 years later, to see where that vision's grown to. And the cool thing is, is we've instituted that right into our pellet grills. Yep. So sure, we started manufacturing pellet grills about eight, nine years ago. Um, they've been awesome. They've been killer. We felt like we did a couple of things in ours that were, um, I don't know, maybe uh, set aside from the competitor with an ash clean out. And, we, and you know, a pellet grill is a pellet grill, but we've, we're pretty proud of ours. We've got the uh, slide and grill technology, which there's some other brands that do it, but not, not, not as focused as, as ours is. But the real thing that sets aside is the versatility because you can add a sidekick to the side of that pellet grill. And that sidekick now is one burner off your Pro 60. So when you go camping, you can take your grill box off your sidekick and take it with you. You can take your griddle off your sidekick and take it with you. So now you've got, you're only buying one accessory that will work at home on the patio or it'll work at camp in the campground. Yeah. Um, Obviously, nothing you're going to backpack with. I didn't know that the sidekick came off. Yeah. You can take the sidekick off and use it separately. The sidekick does not come off. It can come off, but it's mounted with screws, but all the accessories come off and then we'll go on to your pro 60 stove. I so we gotcha. use the grill box, uh, yeah. the pizza oven, um, and the flat top griddle. We, we use either outside on the sidekick or we use it, um, on our pro 60. Well, that's, which I'm taking yeah. to the beach in two weeks. So Perfect. I don't know if you, I don't know if you know this about me or not Brooks, but I, am a loyal patron of another uh, uh, pellet grill brand who we won't mention. You're kind of a hybrid. Yeah, a little bit of a yeah. hybrid. So from pellet grill stuff, I'll just and say you know I, I've, that's been fine. A, I've been that's a Traeger fine. guy. Not like a influencer or anything for them. I've just had, I, I bought one at my local Ace Hardware and have continued to use it because it's always served me well, right? But I do also have a four burner Camp Chef flat top on my back porch that I use all the time. So the thing that I think that is appealing uh, about that is your, you know, Camp Chef has the ability to combine those two things into one unit. And then I get a lot more of my deck space back. So I don't know if you know this yeah. or not, but you're actually in the process of selling me on this. <laughs> <laughs> I, am, I am not a good salesman, but I will say this, the versatility, and I'm sure Jeremy can, can attest to it. It's pretty cool because 
you can take that one unit and you've now got an oven because you can bake on your pellet grill. We all know you can do that. That's really what it is, is convection style cooking. Sure. You can grill by pulling the slide and grill. Now you have direct flame grilling. You can smoke by turning it down low and slow. Now you have a 30,000 BTU side burner that you can put um, a hot skillet on to do a reverse sear. You can make a sauce. You can put a seafood boil on it. You can put a pizza oven on it and bake a pizza at 900 degrees. There's just, it's with that one unit, you can cook everything. It's really cool. Or like what we did the other day, we reverse seared a a tomahawk Yeah. and then kicked up that sidekick, got it screaming hot, boom, boom, a minute, minute and a half on each side. We seared it off and it was, it was money. And that's the thing is like, you know, when you go out and buy a pellet grill, typically um, some of the competitive brands you know, what are they getting up to? 450, 500 max if we're lucky. And, you know, that will do a sear, but it's not going to get you that nice crust that you want when you're reverse searing a, a big fast egg. Yeah, I yeah. think that's, and that's what attracted me to want, because there, when I was looking at getting pellet grills, you know, she had already we bought researched. me the, she had already bought me the flat top and I loved it. I like the quality of it. I like, you know, the, the, because the, the camp chef it thinks levels. of, well, yeah, yes. You think of the little things. And that's what was kind of attracted me to it was like, yeah, I can get this, but then this goes with this and this goes with this. And I was looking at all your other products online there and saying, okay, I'm not just investing in a smoker. I'm going to be investing in, you know, all these accessories that are going to go with other products that I may want down the line. Now, you know, thank God, you know, you all fell in love with me and I didn't have to buy it. How do you not? But you know, really hard to love. It was, it was a tough challenge, but we got through it. I know. We got through it. I forced myself upon you. All right. So I want to take a break real quick. And when we get back, I want to talk some food. And, uh, and maybe a little bit of something else. So let's take a break real quick, guys. And on the other side, we will we'll get into all that jazz. Hang on. So we were talking about this during the break and Joel said we had to stop and come back from the break so that we could talk about it on the show. Yes. Brooks, I need to know, do you feel like you can taste the difference from different types of pellets? So can you taste the difference in like cherry pellets from like an oak pellet? Be honest. Am I not an honest person? He's honest. (laughs) Yeah. What are you insinuating, Joel? (laughs) Shut your mouth. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know what? There are certain pellets. That He's stumbling over this. Taste. He's like, no, no. There, there okay, are certain on. pellets. So our charcoal, our charcoal blended pellets, I can taste a difference. And they don't burn as hot. They burn. You get a lot better uh, bark and you get a little more, um, well, like a charcoal flavor. Like if you're cooking on a, um, with lump charcoal, any type of grill that, that's going to take lump charcoal. Um, me personally, if you put an apple and a oak together or, you know, gave me like a piece of brisket or a rib or even a steak and used apple and oak. I don't know if my taste buds are like a hundred percent strong enough to tell the difference, but I know there are people that 100% claim and, and that's fine. I particularly, I really like our competition blend. 
Um, I just feel like I get that best flavor. I have noticed that in Alder, I don't get the same. So what is the Hmm. competition blend? Can you explain which which flavors are in that? The competition blend is... um, it's uh, good job, Stacy. <laughs> Thank you. It's hickory. It's it's hickory, cherry, and um, uh, you. I'm drawing a blank. I should know this, right? We we just we we said uh, it's hickory and it's hickory and cherry and maple. Sorry, I knew that. I mean, tell so me that's not an excellent blend. It's fifty percent maple. That's your base. And then twenty five percent cherry and twenty five percent hickory. So we we did, someone on our last our last podcast that question was asked and we just said it was full of trophies. <laughs> full of what trophies? Yeah, the competition blend was full of trophies. Yeah, it's it it was probably. <laughs> Matt, you you totally glitched right there. <laughs> I'll fix it. Oh, don't worry about it. Yeah, All right. Maple, hickory, Look. and cherry. Maple hickory so you, and cherry. You completely agree with us that all tel- all pellets taste like wood. No, um, no, 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 no. I will say so. This is another w- place where I differ from the rest of the show. I think everybody else says you know you can just burn pellets and it tastes like smoke, but I think on like a particularly low and slow, especially on pork, you can pick up some of that fruit. And I know at least whenever I'm using like real cherry pellets, it uh it helps create that red mahogany bark in my opinion is and in my experience so there you go cherry well blood, or but, is it cherry flavoring <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's food yeah, coloring that's no no but yes there, there's a difference in getting the color and the bark and tasting the difference in the wood in my opinion well, i mean like you got something like mesquite versus apple i mean obviously that mesquite's gonna have that dark can, smoky back of, the, of your mouth feel versus like an apple that sweetness sometimes i've had some stuff with mesquite and it almost tastes like you're eating a cigarette mm-hmm. like it's just really really smoky and i don't love an overly smoked barbecue i like uh i like a light smoke that you can taste the good barbecue flavor um, and that's the cool thing is, you know what, everybody's different and everybody likes a different thing. And that's the versatility with a uh, pellet grill is you really can get all those different things out of it. You can like say, Hey, I really like this. I'm going to do this. And it's easy. It's not like, you know, I know stick burners are awesome and that's the competition guys use and, and that's great. But, uh, you know, the average, uh, Joe Licklider in his backyard, they're they're not going to get into the stick burner. They're going to want something that's a little more simple and easy. That you know, if they're the working the working person, they're going to want something a little bit easier and that they can control. And like you said, they can put in a mesquite and get a really dark, smoky flavor. They can go something with you know an alder that's really light, light hardwood. So yeah. we like to so, consider ourselves craft barbecuers. So it, instead of like that competition barbecuer that's going for, you know, that bite on your ribs or, you know, a certain pole, yep. we consider ourselves like the craft barbecuer, you know, that what's going to appeal to the masses and, you know, getting homemade with our ingredients and um, getting funky with our dishes. And yeah. Stuff like that. Trying new things, man. Outside of the classic traditional, you know. Yeah. And that's what's so good about, uh, well, what I feel blessed that I was introduced to pellet to pellet smokers because it opened up her world of cooking. Um, whereas I used to be the one who would come home and do all the, all the protein cooking. Well, I started coming home and dinner was just freaking ready and it was a badass freaking meal made by this chick right here. 
because she felt confident using that machine. I know it's been a game changer for me. So I'm, I'm a nurse. I work a, a nursing job at night, just as needed, just a, a couple times a month. Um, of course I run reload during the day mm-hmm. at home. So being at home and being at home with the kids and, you know, Joel's working late nights and stuff like that. Like I'm, I'm able, instead of like just being a slave to the stove, like I'm so confident going out there and whether I'm making, you know, a rack of ribs and I want to turn, you know, we've got the, uh, Camp Chef Woodwind mm-hmm. Wi-Fi, and I can adjust the smoke level. So I'm cooking ribs or I'm cooking chicken wings. I'm turning that smoke level up. But if I'm making something like a buffalo chicken dip or some burgers or something that I don't really want the smoke level too high, I'm bumping it down to two or three. And I love having that option. Yeah. And I'm going out there, and I'm cooking in a, this amazing meal, and I feel safe. It's easy. I don't feel like I'm, like, I think messing confi- with I too think, much fire. I think confidence is the biggest thing that, that you – and it's that. foolproof. Yep. Like I crank that thing up and I let it ride and I'm down, I'm down in our little warehouse doing work and amazing dinners getting cooked. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, that's the cool thing. I love how you said, let it ride, let us do it. And it's foolproof. Mm-hmm. It's like, so my wife is, um, I, she's very intimidated by grills. Like it's just like in, in her mind, that's a man's thing. I don't want to do that. It's got fire. What if I burn the house down? <laughs> and you know what I'm talking about? Like that's, that's just her, her mentality. She's like, I don't know. I, how, what, hmm? you know, but I'm like, I, I'm like, look, babe, do you know how to turn on the oven and set the temperature? She's like, absolutely. I'm like, that's all you do there. Uh-huh. And I'm like, cause I'll call her. I'm at work. I'm like, Hey, can you throw that pork loin on? Just set the temperature, throw it on. And, uh, and just pop it on what the temple get to two fifty and we're done, you know? Yeah. And she's like, Oh my gosh, this is easy. That's awesome. Yeah. So, it's yeah. a switch button and a dial and you just make sure that your hopper's full. And what's absolutely amazing about it is last deer season, I was cooking and Joel was in the deer stand or the, whatever you call it. Yeah. Hunting deer stand or whatever. <laughs> I five, was in the deer tree. Deer tree. He was, he, was catching, he, he was catching deers out there in West Tennessee. So he's five or six hours away. And he's catching he's texting deer. me and he was like, hey, you know, it's time to wrap. And I'm like, well, how are you doing this? And he was connected to our Wi-Fi on the, uh, nice. the pellet grill. So he was like keeping me updated. With what was going on with my cook, and and I couldn't hide it from him that I was cooking something amazing while he was going. I know. Gone. I, I, sure, I was getting <laughs> like, the notification. It's like, uh, yeah, close the lid. Your temp is ready. <laughs> or did you while you were catching deers? Uh, he was well, catching- yes, I, I, was, I was using twenty five pound test. Um, you know, <laughs> I can't think of any. More, I can't think of any more fishing shit. I don't fish hardly. <laughs> With some crankbait. Yeah, yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, so look. you say you cook on uh, your pellet grill about once or twice a week. Tell me, what is your favorite thing to crank out? Yeah. Oh, I'm such a glutton for steak. Like okay. any type of reverse seared steak. Like if I do a big, thick New York or ribeye or any wild game backstrap, I'm going to reverse sear that sucker and I'm going to just freaking mess it up. Oh, like not mess it up. Like you're going it, I'm going to mess it up when I eat it. You're going to tear that <laughs> up in your mouth. Yeah, I I love, I like red meat. I, I like, uh, so my favorite thing to do is like just a reverse seared steak. In fact, I've got some baseball fillets that I was going to do today, but I didn't get around to it. So that might be tomorrow. They're like that big. Yeah. And they're like that thick. Let's go. And oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm out of, I'm almost out of wild game. So good thing that our archery season starts in like two weeks. Oh man. And, oh, really? uh, 
I am headed to Alaska next week, so I got to restock the salmon and halibut. So. Alaska. So, do you get to go to Alaska on Camp Chef, or is that like a personal trip? Um, both. I've done both. I've had quite a few work trips where I've been up there, and uh, and I've been up. Last year, I went up with my dad a couple times. So, yeah. Joel's bucket list. I love to fish. I love I love to hunt and fish. A talent, you know. If you need like some 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 talent to come up there with you sometime. <laughs> That's his bucket list. You know. <laughs> Yeah, the, the problem is we never have had any room for Hollywood. Oh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> kicked, that did not kick, take long. <laughs> kicked in the dick. Well, back to the, these baseball fillets. So I want to know, when you're reverse searing your steak, what temperature are you pulling it at before you're hitting the, the sear? So I'm probably a little odd, and I might get flack for this. I know a lot of people pull it between 105 and 110. I'm like 95 to 100 degrees, and That's then okay. I sear. That's okay. Wow. I'm, I am like I've done them at 90, but I've also been known to eat raw backstrap a lot. Okay, so, so are you doing like a longer sear, or are you are you just really like is mooing? <laughs> just, just when it gets to where I think it looks nice. It is yeah. a little bit. You like it pretty rare. A little crusty on the outside. I, you know, like, I love a rare steak, so I'll I'll usually go between 95 and 100 degrees, and then. I will go one minute, quarter turn, one minute, flip it over one minute, quarter turn, one minute. So you're just doing that for the grill marks because cooking it's not doing anything for you. No, not <laughs> one bit. It's just for the for the presentation. Exactly. And you're not just using steak sauce. Now, if I'm, doing, if I'm doing a pan sear, which that has kind of been my go-to lately, I'll do like a little bit of uh, butter and rosemary and garlic in the pan, and I'll sear it in just butter, rosemary, and garlic. So it's seasoned, it's smoked, it comes into a 800 degree cast iron skillet, and I go about a minute and a half on each side. So Jeremy uh, put up a bunch of different cooking methods on some picanha for us several episodes back. And I think that our favorite method was for him to do what you were just talking about, pan seared with butter, garlic, and rosemary. So delicious. Now, Brooks, you're you're reverse searing and then parent, parent searing, right? You're smoking and then parent searing it? Yes. Okay. Yeah. No, we did the full on pan sear method, dry pan, then bring it down with the butter and garlic and everything. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Have you ever, did you ever do that on your sidekick? No, no. Oh. So what, so I'll just put the butter, garlic and rosemary in the pan, get mm-hmm. the heat going. Well, the heat's going, drop it in the pan. It hits the sizzle, throw the steak on top and I'll put a pat of butter on top of the steak. So it melts into it, flip it over and do the same. Gotcha. Yeah. After it's already been no. on the smoker till ninety five hundred. After it's been yeah. on the smoker. No, that. What, you know, the cool ahead. thing is, is I don't think there's a right or wrong way. It no. all tastes good. Oh, hundred. As long as you don't cook it past medium rare. It's perfect. Well, yeah, and we don't have really. Well, we don't need to talk about those people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy has strong you, opinions on how you should cook a steak. What temper you starting your steak at? Pardon me. What temper you cooking your steak at? How old are your kids? <laughs> my kids are 16 and 12 <laughs> and if anybody wants a 16 year old i'm i'm welcome to send him your way i'm just kidding um, what was your question he's a great kid she's gonna punch me in the face uh, <laughs> i like to go and I, I go on high smoke so between 210 and 230 okay i just did a uh two inch thick ribeye tonight uh reverse sear high smoke and then sear it on the grill box oh yeah awesome how was it it, it was okay <laughs> I'm just supposed to it was awesome. It was incredible. No, it's so good. I mean, it's Topped legit. It like fried eggs. the best awesome. steaks ever that we cook off. Well, there. I have actually, I I have ate less wild game, Brooks, because um, 
since I've, I've got the sidekick and really got into reverse searing, it's the, the way the steak comes out, whether like a New York strip, my favorite, the ribeye, um, all that stuff, the way it, it's infused with the smoke and then getting that char from those 30,000 BTUs. I don't know, man. It's like it's like crack. It's like I almost can't quit it. You well, know you, what I mean? You know, the Reload Magnum is really yeah, you know, contributing that, to that, that too. That definitely helps that dry rub. a lot as well. Magnum is a good one. Thank you. So I want to came straight out of Zoolander. <laughs> it did. Stops, Magnum is our baby. That it is stops throwing baby. stars. All right, straight in the tracks. <laughs> all right, Magnum so, is Magnum's a great one. So Steak I, and chops. That's right. Mm-hmm. All day, baby. So I want to ask you a quick question. Okay. I know this is kind of doubling back, and because sometimes uh, the guys get on me for doubling back. But uh, you being the you know the public relations manager, I get that right. Yeah, you're really good at this. Thank you so much. <laughs> so um, there's one guy in particular that I have seen. I've seen the sponsored ads. You know, I, you've you've told me about him once, but Guy Fieri is it Fieri Fieri? Fietti. Fietti. And see, we watch his shows, so we're kind of like fangirling that now Camp Chef is affiliated with Guy. Yes. Tell me, can you what what's he like, man? Is is he a pretty cool dude? You know, he's exactly what you what you see. He that's yeah, he is I've seen him be like the most kind hearted down to earth person and do some really cool, amazing things as far as like giving back to communities. Like you remember he's he's a Northern California guy and uh you know, all the paradise fires that were about a year ago. I mean, he was heavily involved and he, uh, doing all kinds of fundraisers and feeding people. And in his home community, there's a couple different police departments that he's very involved in. There's, there's just a lot of good things that he does that he's, you know, always looking to help people out. It doesn't matter what ethnicity or where they're coming from or what their background is. He wants to help people enjoy good food. Um, and that's, that's what you see is what you get. I mean, when you see him on the show, he's wild and crazy and a lot of fun and, and, uh, he knows food. You know, when I, I was curious of how well he knew food and he knows food, that guy is just absolutely incredible. Um, when it comes to, to food and his story is awesome. Um, I'm sure you saw the ad and he reached out to us cause he wanted to tell a story. He started or helped start his first restaurant using a camp chef stove. Wow. I mean, every chef will tell you that uh, you need a solid heat source and a cast iron pan, and you can get going. And that's really what he had. He was developing recipes out of his garage on a cam- or outside his garage on a Camp Chef Pro 90 stove, I believe, or one similar to it that he got at Costco, I believe. I don't know that 100%, but it's 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 a Camp Chef stove that he started developing all these recipes out of. And it's cool. I mean, he I've seen it in action where uh, – um, I was invited to go hang out with him and his family on their family road trip where him and all of his buddies, six or eight of them, and they cruise the country every, every June or July and, and travel around and pull up their RVs and set up camp. And we went down and camped with them for four or five days. And it's like a camp chef sales conference. I mean, it is like five <laughs> camp chef stoves and they've got, and every meal they cook, they don't go out to eat when they get together. And they're all like just incredible food people. And everybody, you know, guys giving direction, we're going to make this, we're going to do this, we're going to do this. And he's got people chopping, you know, onions over here and they're, <laughs> you know, slicing bacon over here. <laughs> like it's, just, us. It, yeah. it's rad. It's, it's super rad. And it's, it's really, it's really cool. That's uh. let's get into some hunting, man. 
because that's where me and you first met, um, where you you took me and John Wallace, the wild game cook, and Tim, the the Bama Grill Master. We took us three down to Texas, and we uh, got to hunt um, turkey and Audad. Well, aw, Dad. <laughs> now I've Dad heard jokes. that that Audad are particularly delicious. Um, and c- can you attest to that, Brooks? Um, well, we didn't we didn't catch any. Oh, what a shame. Catch any what a but shame. I have I have caught one on a different occasion, and the guy that I was with would not allow me to bring it back to camp. Because uh, everyone would be jealous. Dis- yes, I was a little disappointed. But I I've talked to several friends who've cooked it. They said it's all right. But I thought yeah, they, you, you just gotta you gotta do some things. You know. I thought you, when we were in the car, you described it as if you rolled a ball of shit and put it in your mouth. <laughs> that that's what it would taste like. <laughs> I I think you're close. <laughs> I may or may not have said that. <laughs> so I want to know what, what kind of pellets you would use to get that nice flavor on there, Matt. Competition blend. Well Competition blend. Yeah, fruit blend, maybe. Maybe competition. I don't know. Uh, you want a mesquite. You want to match that flavor. You want something nutty. <laughs> you want something nutty. <laughs> oh, jeez. All right. So, no, I wanted to uh, – um, I will say that, you know, you, I've, I've, followed, I've watched senior Instagram. We've talked a ton. You've tested some of it here on the podcast. You are a huge uh, hunter. Um, where are some places that you've, besides, you know, uh, up north and in Alaska, what's some other places you've hunted and like, what's your favorite game animal to hunt? Jeez. So uh, that's a great question. I love to hunt elk and I love to hunt mule deer. And those are right here in my backyard. I'm uh, fortunate to uh, living here in Utah. We got great elk. Um, you have to draw a tag there for the for the bulls. Um, we can usually get a cow every year. I live four miles from the Idaho borders, so I can buzz up to Idaho and hunt elk with archery tackle. Um, elk is just awesome, and mule deer. I, I like mule deer. I've hunted uh, pronghorn in uh, uh, um, Wyoming several times. Um, whitetail deer in Montana and Idaho. And uh, Eastern Wyoming and Colorado. Um, I've hunted Audad in Texas, Whitetail in Texas, pigs in Hawaii. I've hunted cows in Hawaii. Um, Hang on, what? How do you hunt a cow? Well, you, corn. You got to put your milk boots on. <laughs> got to put your milk boots on. Um, <laughs> I, so I wondered if you were thing. saying that just to see if we were paying attention. But did you no, really no, hunt a cow? Is, no, because Matt's going to take up hunting. If you can hunt a cow, Matt will do it. Yeah, I'm going to try it out. This is a real thing. Um, Honest. Um, (laughs) So back in the 1700s, there was, I believe, Vancouver was his name. He brought these cows to the gift, uh, these cows to the island Hawaii, to the big island, to Kona, as a gift to their leader. He gave them some cows. Well, the cows became wild and feral and moved up into the hills. So Kona, if you've been to the Big Island, that's a great, big mountainous area. And clear up high, we're at like, I don't know, eight, 9,000 feet, right right below, right at tree line, above the lava, or right in like lava fields and all that stuff. So these wild cows since the 1700s have just been like populating. And they're up there, and they're crazy. There's these big bulls. And now a big bull there, they're a smaller breed. They're like 1,000 to 1,200 pounds. 
it's not like an 1800 pound black Angus that Matt's salivating over. <laughs> That's but, right. uh, they, I have like, so many questions, Brooks. Please continue. So, Please continue. So these cows, they're wild and they were wilder than hell. It was crazy. We would, we would sneak in like on these like logging roads and we'd come around to rise and they'd be out there like 200 yards and they put their nose in the air and smell you and just take off. You'd hear them like bellering in the rainforest. It was really, it was really, really weird. Dude. Eventually we caught one. I like how you're rolling with the catching theme here. <laughs> no, uh, wild cows. I've never been around them personally. I've just seen them on like, you know, TV and shit, but they are surprisingly fast. They're not like yes. the lumbering beasts. You know, they're, they're, so that tells me, is their no. fat content a little bit less since they're... You know, the, man, there was hard, the backstrap on that thing, which you're thinking like a big old prime rib. Yeah. It was like an elk or smaller. Yeah, it really was, lean. It was pretty thin. Hmm. Really lean, not a lot of fat. Um, but yeah, we had to sneak in on some and we, we, we were able to harvest a nice bull and then we took it down and uh, we were doing a TV show over there called uh, Dead Meat with Scott Laysaf. And that's where they hunt the weird exotic stuff and cook the weird animals. And, uh, and we had a local uh, Hawaiian um, do a plate lunch kind of deal out of the cow. And man, it was delicious. Do you know what the best thing was that we hunted in Hawaii though? Mm. Was I went to this place. It was the best tasting wild pig that I've ever had in my life. It was like butter. It was unbelievable. It was so good and it was like just smelled good. Like I've, I've killed quite a few wild hogs and Joel can attest, they stink. Yeah. Like they do not smell good. They eat good. They mm-hmm. eat fine. They just, when you're skinning them, they're, they just stink. And it kind of puts a weird, maybe meant, plays a weird mental game with you when it comes to cooking them because you smell it while you're skinning it. Where other wild game like deer, elk, you know. Other things like that, antelope, they don't stink when you're doing it like that, but a pig does. This particular pig in Hawaii, not at all. The problem is, or I mean, the reason why is uh, these pigs were living on a macadamia nut farm next to a macadamia nut. And so the like macadamia nuts, like harvesters, we get all the shells and the leftovers and the crushed ones that couldn't go into a packaging. They just dump them out in the fields and the pigs would just come in and just hammer it. Yeah. So it was a macadamia nut fed pig and it was unbelievable so that makes me wonder because matt our producer here is a tree nut allergy oh yeah so i wonder <laughs> if you would not be able to eat the pig because it is pig. its primary diet is a freaking nut the pig would freaking kill him I'd you would eat it. pork in hawaii and it would kill over it's best pork I'd job i've had I'd put a fork in one okay. hand and uh, an EpiPen in the other hand and go to town. <laughs> yeah. I think you'd be fine. Yeah. I want to know, no, you know, so- you're talking about harvesting elk, like basically in your backyard, which is definitely, you know, something that Joel's always wanted to do. We've had elk before, um, but it was from a butcher shop and not a wild elk, like a farm raised elk. And it had a definite grainy flavor to it. Tastes like corn. I want to know, you know, can you tell the difference between a bull elk and, you know, what is it? A cow? Cow. Can you taste the difference between Uh, the two? Like I can venison. I think you can during the time of season that you harvest the animal. The rut. Um, If you're harvesting them during the rut, um, they're a little more lean and they're wore down. And, and it also depends on how well you take care of your game in the field. Like there's a lot of people like, Oh, I hate venison. It's gross. It tastes like, it's all muttony and you know, it's gray and tastes like shoe leather gamey. And I'm like, well, what did you do to take care of it? Did you cut open, you know, the, 
the bladder when you're cleaning it and let urine spill all over it, then yeah, it's probably going to taste bad. Did you drag it through the dirt and sagebrush when you're dragging it back to your truck while it was open? Well, yeah. Did you clean it? You know, you got to take care of it. Did you get it cooled down? Did you dry age it? Did you do all these little mm-hmm. things that help make the meat taste better? Because I guarantee you the local butcher place, when they killed that cow, they didn't let cut the urine sack and let that get all over the meat. They didn't drag it through the dirt. They didn't, uh, you know, they didn't just immediately start eating it. They dry aged it and they took the, you know, did the, went through the correct process to make that meat better. Mm-hmm. And the same thing follows for wild game is you got to take those steps to make the meat taste better. And I, I love fresh elk and venison, but yeah, so a, a bull that's been rutting, you can tell a little bit different um, than say just a, a healthy cow. Um, I, I would, I would say not, not much though. I mean, elk is, elk is very good. It is, it is very good. As is, I love mule deer and whitetail though. I, I love venison. That's, that's one of my favorites. She's saying this Brooks, because if I ever get the, uh, the huevos to pony up and go on an elk hunt, She's gonna. She's trying to decide. Do I want seven hundred pounds of bull elk meat, or, or do would I, want, I rather him get a cow? I get some cow elk. Because I like doe. I like doe meat. I, I don't. I can tell the difference. He can blind taste test me all he wants. I will tell the difference Dude, between doe meat and buck meat. I put it in chili. She picks it out. I pick it out. So I prefer the doe meat, and it doesn't have that gamey wild taste. Like so clean. It's so. I like. It's so delicious. I absolutely love it. But I would personally think just from. What, what's the word I'm looking well, for? From I, my experience, I would prefer the cow. So, which sucks because, like, if he's going to go get an elk, of course he's going to want to get a nice bull elk or well, something. If I'm like going to go, I'm going to be excited about getting a female. A giant rack and his bull screaming in my freaking face. Like, like nose air just spraying at you. I want snot. Just, mm, it's like a facial. I want a facial. That's what I want from the bull. He wants, he wants a bull elk right facial. What do you think of that image, Brooks? Would that be your first facial, Joel? Yes, yes. That would be my first. A first male facial. That would be, be my first. You might as well save it for an elk. <laughs> You're damn straight. I know, but I, I see. I got, yeah, I would be excited about the yeah. meat. He'd be excited about just the hunt and experience and all that. Yeah. But. So I would, going back on that, um, yeah, the, the, that's the cool thing that I, that I get from hunting and fishing is, um, you know, the experience is one and I love the experience and the pursuit and the challenge or however you look at it. Um, harvesting the animal, that's a lot of work, but it's so cool. And then also being able to enjoy the animal and eat the animal, but there's just so many cool things. I will say one of my favorite wild game to eat and one of the, the probably the best tasting wild game I've ever had. You guys are going to laugh. Hey, me. You ready? I'm ready. I'm ready. Zebra. <laughs> Zebra. Okay. Hang on. Is it true that the meat is striped like the animal? <laughs> Not that I saw. Oh shit! I had a, I had a zebra filet mignon that was out of this world. I'm talking butter smooth. I I don't even know how to describe it. I was in South Africa and we we tried everything. We ate. We were on a hunting preserve place and we 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 hunted all kinds of animals. I think I harvested six animals there. <laughs> So and we ate everything. So uh, he's always told me I that he was striped. I want to hear the flavor profile. But I dated a girl, and her dad was a pastor, and he went on mission trips to Africa. And he swore to me that the meat was striped. Like maybe he's talking about the, the sear marks or something. <laughs> <laughs> All these years later, you believe that? He's always told me that. 
The man of God. It's like a striped steak. The man of God Wait, couldn't lie to me. Joel, did you think it was like alternating light and dark meat or something? That's what like, he said. He yeah. said it alternated like like light and dark. <laughs> so is zebra meat uh, pink with black stripes or black with pink stripes? <laughs> That's exactly. You it. tell me, Brooks. Shit. All right, well, what it, what is it like? What what was so good about it? Red. Buttery. It was red. It was like so tender and so smooth, and the flavor texture was just unbelievable. It was so like I don't know, it was juicy, and they cooked it over this fire with some camphor wood, like camphor wood, because there's a bunch of camphor bushes down there. Yeah, and it was just it was unbelievable. It was so good. God, no. as all the wild game, the Gemsbuck, the uh, Kudu, the Impala, the Springbuck, everything we ate there was just awesome. So I went to Ikea one time and had meatballs, and that's probably the closest thing I've ever had to horse meat. But my, I'm curious, now have, having had a zebra, would you consider trying horse? Not at all. Not one bit. Really? But they're super related, right? Like they're I, almost the same on the inside. I was told, but they're not. I, You know what? Just I, like that pastor there, told me, right? Yeah. <laughs> growing up as a farm kid, I could never eat a horse. That'd be like eating my dog. I just want to know what Ikea is serving meatballs. <laughs> there was like a big there. controversy a couple of years ago about Ikea's meatballs having horse meat in them. Why does Ikea have meatballs? Swedish meatballs at Ikea? Have you never been to Ikea? I thought it's Ikea a was a furniture store. store. Yeah, there's a, a cafe in the middle store. of all there's, of them. There's a huge cafe, usually upstairs. You have to walk through like 15 mazes to get to it. Yeah. So they serve meatballs? Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, we got to take you guys to Ikea. We, <laughs> we need to put some Ikea balls in the house. Are they made by Mr. Sh- are they made by Mr. Sweaty? Sweaty balls. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, they made by Chef. All right, well, I think it's time to take a break. And on the flip side, we are going to be hitting our rapid fire questions and reload recommends. We'll see. <laughs> Welcome back to the podcast, guys. We're going to jump into your favorite section, the segment that you are all here to see, the Rapid Fire Question. All right, tonight we're going to go Brooks, Stacy, Joel, Matt, in that order when we ask these questions. So buckle in, buttercups. Here we go. hey <laughs> Buckle in. First question, guys. A discerning shopper does their due diligence and finds that Camp Chef makes a vastly superior pellet grill. What would you recommend as the inaugural crook? cook, Brooks? Ribs. Ribs, perfect. Stacy. Well, I was going to say that, so um, if I need to change my answer, I would say after that, um, pork butt. There you go. Big butts. Very first cook. I'm going ribeye. Ribeye. There yep. you go. Nice quick one. Sear it up, baby. Matt. I got to go with pork butt, too. That was what, what hooked me on barbecue. Yeah, and I think lesser grills can even cook pork butts, too. All right, next question. <laughs> uh, what is your favorite type of salt, Brooks? Brooks. Uh, coarse sea salt. 
course sea salt. Stacy. I mean, I'm going to take all his answers. Course sea salt. Wow. So original. I know. That's what I like. That's what I like. Favorite kind of salt? Yes. Table. Wow. (laughs) NaCl. Iodine or like iodine? I love a good iodine. A good iodized salt. I love that good. Iodine. (laughs) Whatever. I thought that's what he said. You like salty, Stacy? Yes, I like. I like your salt. Oh, that's terrible. Mine's Morton's kosher salt. Kosher salt. I, I was raised on Alton Brown. That's the only right answer. There you go. Man, you know, I so did have a smoked Himalayan pink salt once that was really good. There's so many great salts out there, and you guys are like table salt. I don't really like table <laughs> right, salt. Jeremy, Jeremy a- what's yours? Uh, Malden flake salt. It comes from the coast of Brittany. Uh, it's a beautiful salt for finishing. Just He's for obviously finishing, done research. He would. No, that's just how, how he lives. That's a finishing nope. salt. You you guys know that I have pails of that salt in my uh, in my pantry. So he always has a little yeah. pocket tin. With Jeremy him. likes to travel to the distance uh, distant shores of of the El, island of Brittany. Of Brittany, he climbs the mountain of El Saltish Radius. <laughs> you know, salt comes from the sea, not from the mountains, right? Well, that's so, why it, it goes up in clouds and rains it down on this mountain. mountain. <laughs> Did you the say Uranus? Yeah, I said Uranus. <laughs> Salt mountain, Uranus. Oh, shit. Salt deposits of Uranus. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Brooks, we have a it's new a type of question that we've been trying out here on the podcast. This one is wrong answers only. So this question is, how do you prepare coffee? An example would be the mouth brew, where you pour the beans in your mouth, you chew them up to your desired finish, pour in the boiling water, and then swallow. So how would you prepare your coffee, Brooks? I would just take milk. Heat it in a like percolator pot, and then just put the grounds in, then pour it over. Perfect. Yeah, the milk brew. Stacy. <laughs> so wrong answers only. I would go to Starbucks and get one. Ooh, beautiful. Joel. I would uh, put the grounds in water and boil it in the oven. Oh yeah, yeah, the oven boil. That's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> Matt, I would say eat the whole beans, and you've got to chew them in order to grind them, and then pass them into the toilet and then brew in the toilet bowl. So like a Kopi Luwak? Yeah, exactly. Oh, okay. Beautiful. It's like highly sought after in some com- in some countries. It's like $100 a cup. Yeah. That's good stuff. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, next one. A lot of restaurants have very specialized foods. Would you rather have the world's most expensive burger or the world's most expensive pizza? Brooks. Oh. Most expensive burger. Burger. Stacy. we know it's a burger. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Anyways, Joel. <sighs> I'm going to go pizza. There you go. Yeah, I'm going on pizza for sure. I make, Matt, a, re- I make a really good all burger. All the finest cheeses of Do the world. Do we know what's on the pizza? Or nope, just, what's on the burger? Nope, nope. Just the most expensive one. You go to a restaurant, most expensive X and Y on the menu. Which one do you choose? It's a no-brainer. I, I'm, I'm going to go pizza. But, Brooks, I want to know what perfect burger how many toppings are on your perfect burger Ooh, probably real slim like four and it's a smash burger okay so what, what are, are you four? putting on them what are the four that goes on my perfect burger yeah your perfect yep. burger toppings all right um cheese chess cheese chess i like i like it like american or cheddar we'll go cheddar there you go. <laughs> um uh a mayonnaise. Have you ever tried Duke's? Barbecue sauce. Pardon me. Ever tried what? 
Duke's mayonnaise. No, is it good? Yeah, I'm going to send you some. I need your address. Perfect. I'll give it to you after this. Okay. So mayo, uh, cheese, lettuce, and bacon. That's it. Smash burger. Is he an asshole? One of those is a condiment, so I'll let that slide. But we what have a hard and fa- no, no. We have a hard and fast know. rule around here that more than three toppings on a burger makes you an asshole. Um, <laughs> I, I so do passed. like grilled onions. Oh, gr- grilled onions are great. You passed Jeremy's test. I like all. I like all the toppings. No, I want a I ton want of shit on my burger. Yeah, and then you have yeah. a shit burger. That's oh, how that works. So good. Like I've been told that the best smash burger, the best way to do a burger is a smash burger. I do like smash burgers a yeah, lot. Fantastic. And I've been told it's just cheese, onions, and one sauce, and mm-hmm. that's it. Grilled anything, onions, cheese, and one sauce. Anything more than that, and you lose it. Do you grill your bun? Yeah, I like just get it toasty. There you go. Toast. Yeah. You passed. That's what we've been using the uh, we've been using the Dukes for that. We uh, you know spread the Dukes on the bun and then toast it, and it just does an amazing job of it. It's like That's better fire. than butter. Fire. Yeah. Nice. nice. All right, guys. Next one. What is your favorite onomatopoeia, Brooks? That's a hard question. Are you talking sexually? Many good ones. Did you put me last because you thought I was the only one who would know what an onomatopoeia is? Yes. <laughs> yeah. What's a, What's an onomatopoeia? I don't. So, I, was over here I remember learning, it. Remember how I'm like the old one here? Onomatopoeia. It, it's a word that sounds like it's spelled. That's like right. bam. Yep. So, what the hell kind of like question is this? Moist. Did you say bam? Bam. bam. Or like pow. Bam. Pow. Sizzle. Wow. <laughs> Meh. The 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 Meh. use or formation Meh. of words. <laughs> what is my favorite automatopoeia? I'm gonna go with meh. <laughs> meh. That's actually meh. mine. But okay. Feel <laughs> <Kill> for me. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's funny? I do have lots of texts that where I respond with meh. So when I when I listened to you guys, I heard that I was like, "Oh, nice! He's my kind of people." There you go. I'm glad you all could bond over that. I have so many. You keep saying moist, though. And moist sizzle crunch. Can I can I like think about this and move on to Matt? <laughs> it's a thinking question, Joel. All right, Matt, we'll jump to you. It's got to be Bam. That's what I, it's like. I always picture it's like when Batman's hitting somebody in a comic book. Oh, and it comes what up about in like the, Emerald? Bam. Oh yeah, that too. <laughs> this is Bam, I, pow. I don't know the answer to this question. A sound that a word that sounds like what it's describing. They don't go together. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I have about that. All uh, right, we'll put you on a skip for that uh, one. All right. all right, jump to the next question. Uh, I just wrote down make a joke at Traeger's expense. Um, next, we're going to go with. Um, all right, you just won a lifetime supply of the last thing you bought. What do you have, Brooks? A whole bunch of sprinklers. There you go. Lifetime supply of sprinklers. Stacy. Asparagus. <laughs> and hey, I can even teach you how to cook it. Oh, uh, <laughs> my way's better and my pull one, just FYI. Frickin' your pull was rigged. Exterior door. Exterior door is <laughs> yeah. lifetime supply. Oh, that's steel insulated doors. Come on at me. It's like a Rick and Morty episode. Matt? 
I actually have a good one. I just uh, bought a bunch of stuff from Haltman Family Meats to take on vacation with this, assuming we get to go. So I got a bunch of burgers and a bunch of steaks coming in. I'll well, gladly you... take out a lifetime supply of those. What burgers, you did you get? what burgers did you get? Uh, we got the uh, Chuck burgers this time. Uh-huh. I have some of those. I'm excited to try them. Oh, yep. I'm telling you, the Portobello Gouda is my new favorite. Those are awesome. All right, Matt clearly got that one. Um, you have a knife block in front of you. has all sorts of knives in it. What is your go-to knife, Brooks? Santorco. There you go. Stacy. Sharp one. <laughs> a, small, a small, sharp one I can cut veggies with because I don't do the big cuts. Joel's, Joel takes the knife away from me because I always cut myself. Yes, I like a good, I like a good scimitar. Scimitar. I, I was thinking you say like a, a kukri. <laughs> Joel likes kukris. That's only for when I'm whacking people or things. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Joel, hey, yeah. have another step. Hey, have yeah. another step. There it is. This is his usual. <laughs> no, this yeah. is normal. Matt. All right. So I just got a Serbian cleaver, but I still prefer an eight-inch chef's knife. Big old chefs. Yep. All right, guys. Beach or mountains? Brooks. Mountains. Stacy. Mountains. Mountains, of course. Joel. Mountains. I don't like. Matt. I don't like sand. Man, it depends. It depends on who I'm with. If I'm going with the wife, it's the beach. If I'm going with friends, it's probably the mountains. There you go. All right, guys. What is your favorite Camp Chef product, Brooks? Oh gosh. Um. There's so many. 275 SKUs. That's a lot. Why don't you pull up all the SKUs and just tell us your favorite one? (laughs) Um. Favorite Camp Chef product. I'm just. You know what? I'm going to keep it easy. This I know this is cliche, but I'm going to say pellet grill. There you go. Stacey. Which one? Woodwind. Woodwind Wi-Fi uh, 36. Oh, big boy. Yeah. Stacy, what you got? Uh, my favorite is the versatility of the Pro 60. There it is. All the different options Joel. we can get on there. Um, I'm going to say, and I don't know if this counts, but I'm going to say the sidekick. Um because it like does away with having to have any kind of propane grill on your mm-hmm. deck. Uh, that's for me. Sidekick. Oh yeah. Matt, you have a lot of Camp Chef products and a lot of inferior products to compare them to. So what would you say your favorite is? My only Camp Chef product is a four burner flat top and I absolutely love it. So but there you go. you cooked on ours. Yeah. I have, yeah. There we go, guys. All right, now we're going to roll into the final question of the night. This is the one that we do every week. This is the one everyone loves to hear. Are Reload Rubs the greatest seasonings of all time? Brooks. Absolutely. There you go. Straight from the mouth of Camp Chef. Stacy. And I'm mad at myself once again for not preparing a better answer to this, but yes, yes, they are. <laughs> yes. There we go. Joel. Am I the most talented individual you all have ever met? Yes. You're a guy we can call Hollywood, so Hollywood. That. That's what I'm talking about. Matt. Yeah, of course. <laughs> but you guys strong never like prepare usual, Matt. good answers. <laughs> I, ne- I always say yes, of course. That's my answer every time. <laughs> you uh, you definitely level leveled it. Do my best friends right, on the company. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
All right, that is that brings us to the end of the rapid fire section. I'm going to throw it over to Joel for his segment. That's right, you guys. It's time for the segment, the one that you love more than Jeremy's. It is my segment, Reload Recommendations, where we recommend things to you we think are badass and that you're going to like. So let's roll in, guys, right now to a Reload Recommendations, Recommendations from Reload. <laughs> Easy. I got Easy. I got busy for, for Brooks on that one. <laughs> Who's going first? Okay, so we're going to run this thing down. We're going to go Matt, Brooks, Jeremy, Stacy, and then I'm going to bring it in home as last. So let's roll it in there right now. Matt, hit us with your recommendation. Sure. So uh, you guys know every week I bring a new song that I've been jamming to. I feel like... Uh, it's, I don't know if it's just been like where I've been cooped up in the house for so much, but every time I get out in the truck, I want to roll the windows down and turn the volume up. So I've been really uh, vibing to some songs that, that fit well with that. So this week, I've got a Brit rocker. Uh, his name is Barnes Courtney. I don't know if you guys have heard of Barnes oh, yeah. before. Short for Barnaby Courtney, which I didn't know until I looked up uh, his Wikipedia page. But I would probably go by Barnes, too, uh, if my name was Barnaby. So anyway, <laughs> this was released in 2015 as a single. This is a song called Fire. song that's, that's man song. me too me too i think i think it calls for a name barnaby yeah yeah barnabas all right who's next all right. all right brooks tell me what you got brother my recommendation so i'm not going to recommend a product or a thing or a song i'm going to recommend every single person listening to get outside and cook something good that's Love what it. I'm talking about. Look at right. you. Insp- inspiring everybody. <laughs> Told you. I don't win. <laughs> I like it. That's what everybody's doing. My recommendation doing. is get outside with some friends and cook something good. All right. Brooks Amen. wants you to breathe some damn air and cook something good. Stacy, what you recommended? I think the next one was Jeremy. Jeremy, what you recommended? <laughs> <laughs> no Avatar wow, Airbender or whatever the heck you call it. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I have another TV show to recommend this week. Um, it's almost as good as Avatar The Last Airbender. Uh, so, Stacey, you're really going to love this one. Um, no, actually, I'm going to recommend something that's already been recommended on the show before. Um, I think Matt has recommended this before. It is The Last Dance. Uh, they finally dropped oh, it on Netflix. Yeah, uh, it's so good. All 10 episodes, and it is... No, it's not just good. It's, it's amazing. It's yes. a really, really incredible story. Uh, Michael Jordan's last season uh, with the Chicago Bulls, uh, the whole story behind that. Uh, highly recommend it. It's on Netflix now, so um, you know, don't have to search for it or anything, but it was an incredible show. It was amazing. Absolutely amazing. The only thing that sucked was episodes 9 and 10. I thought they would end it a little better, like kind of like give you a glimpse of like the future, like where things headed and stuff, but like it was just like, oh, we're done. <laughs> yeah. See, 9 and 10 stung for me, not really so much the ending, but the fact that, I mean, I'm a native of Utah, I'm born and raised jazz man, I mean, Carl Malone and John Stockton were my life as a kid, 
and to see my heart get ripped out again by Michael Jordan and then rewatch it, it, it stunk. But <laughs> so much respect for Jordan, and I was fascinated. The documentary's done so well. Yeah, that's such a, a competitor. That was a hell hell of a watch. Now, oh, yeah. Stacy, what you got? My recommendation is a recipe. So something that I made tonight was a dessert. Super easy. Something that you can keep in your pantry um, for a long time. And if you're hunkering for something like this, you've got it ready. So it was a cherry cobbler or cherry dump cake. So super simple. Three ingredients. Just 13 by 9. Dump in um, two cans. One or two cans. Whatever. How much cherries you like. You can either either do this with peaches. And this was inspired by Mr. Matt Farr as well. Um, so you dump your cherry pie filling in the bottom of a 13 by 9. And then take a yellow cake mix. Which I didn't have. I had a white cake mix. You just pour the powder over the top of that. And, and then a stick of butter. Slice it up. Put the pads of butter all over the top of the dry cake mix. Bake it at 350 degrees for about 50, 52 minutes until the top gets nice and uh, golden brown. Mm -hmm. Let it cool. Serve it with some um, ice cold ice cream. Had it tonight, man. It is good. Just a box of cake mix, canned pie filling, and butter. It's so good. Yeah. The, the, put it in the put it in the smoker next time you're gonna try it we have because done that, that little bit of smoke on top of it makes it even better. Mm -hmm. What pellets? <laughs> I only use competition like blend. Yeah. yeah. If it's not, if, cobbler. If, if I'm not cooking with trophies, I ain't cooking at all. So, yeah, so you can do that with peach peach pie filling. We did it tonight with cherry pie filling. I'm sure you could do it with other things. It's so good. Yeah, it's fantastic. I love it. Good, good stuff. All right. Good job, honey. Now it's my turn. I am piggybacking off of Matt's music. For Reload Recommends on Spotify, I suggest all of you get on there and follow that if you're a member of Spotify. It's a great playlist. But I am going to throw it back to John Anderson, Seminole Wind. This song, it just, uh, it really puts me back to my childhood. It puts me in a really good place. That's like you're screwing up my whole playlist. Yeah, well, he can get over it, because here we go, right here. John Anderson, Seminole Wind. If you don't like this, you don't like fly and the otters play in the land of the Seminole. So blow, blow, Seminole wind, blow like you're never gonna blow again. I'm calling to you like a long-lost friend, but I know who shit ain't good. Dude, Joel, when you sent me that, you're like, hey, is it okay if I add this song to the playlist? I was like, <laughs> Uh, and then I saw what it was. I was like, oh, that is an awesome song. Like, legitimately, I do love that song. It's a feel-good song. That's something that, you know, like like I always say, the playlist, you're outside, you're grilling, you're cracking a cold beer. That's something you want to hear. Yeah. That song right there and Clint Black, Like the Rain, uh -huh. get it. Never gets Ooh. old. Get it. I get my lines going. All right, guys. So that's it for Reload Recommendations. But I want to bring up one more point, guys. I want to first, you know, thank Brooks for being on here, and I want to let everyone know, hey, you know, Camp Chef has been so good to the Reload family. They're a part of our current giveaway we have going on right now. Um, they've always uh, stepped up and been and helped us out with these things, and for you guys as well, getting some badass gear. Um, Brooks, dude, love you, man, and I'm so thankful that you came on. Like, it's been one hell of a podcast. You have like your stories and all that shit was. Uh, was a breath of fresh air. It's sometimes we have guests on 
and it's hard to get some information out, but not with you, man. It was, it was, you were a lot of fun to talk to. No, thanks. This was awesome. This was great. Um, anytime you need somebody to make fun of, bring me back. <laughs> I think it's the other so way you can around. Make fun of Joel. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's a, that's a current staple on this show, anyways. Um, Brooks- yeah, so, so for our three-year anniversary, if you want to have the chance to win a Camp Chef uh, Woodwind Wi-Fi twenty, yep. Every order at ReloadRub.com gets you uh, an entry into the giveaway in the month of August. Yep. Um, somebody's going to win that with an epic Haltman Family Meats meat package with it. So. Huge, huge meat package is going to be paired with that. You, you can instantly become a barbecue badass. Or just go over to campchef.com, check out all their products. We highly, highly re- recommend um, a lot of them. We've pretty much dabbled with almost all of them at this point, and we highly recommend them. So definitely consider them when you're in the market for a new pellet grill. If you're an outdoorsman, if you're someone that enjoys cooking outdoors, backcountry cooking, all of the above, if you like being outside and eating, you need to go to campchef.com and check out the gauntlet of products that they have for you to enjoy and better your outdoor experience. So Brooks, thank you again, man. Jeremy, Matt, thank you guys. We love y'all. Thank you for coming on. And I guess that's the end of the show. Yeah. See you on the flip side. See you next Tuesday. Peace. This podcast is brought to you by Reload Rub and Seasoning. Head to ReloadRub.com to pick up the full arsenal of our delicious blends, perfect for amping up your next meal. No MSG, clean ingredients, and a portion of every sale is donated to Hungry Heroes, serving those who serve others. So head over to ReloadRub.com and order yours today. Son of a bitch. Okay. Sorry. All right, here we go. What's your language, man? Sorry, sir. It won't happen again. All right, here we go. I'm going to tell your wife you talk like that. I know. You better not. Tell her. You better not. Don't tell her about me. (laughs) (laughs) You need to at least buy barbecueathlete.com. That's probably a good idea. I'll do that. And and reroute it to reload. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Good idea. Okay. Mm, Let me see. I'll just go purchase this right now and then sell it to you. For all the monies. (laughs) Let's go to GoDaddy. Barbecueathlete.com is available. Get it for your website. Twelve ninety nine. Add to cart. Back the fuck up, Matt. (laughs) (laughs) You at least better buy it before this show comes out because I'm going to put this at the end. Talking about me? Yeah. (laughs) Yes, Hollywood. What I do? You got to take the kids to swimming lessons right in the middle of the show. (laughs) Sometimes. (laughs) He's doing it on his CPU. He went to work. Oh. Oh, poor fella. CPU? Well, I, <laughs> it's, I don't know what he has. His MAC. <laughs> Jeremy's face. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. S- send him a fax on his dot matrix printer. <laughs> Good grief. <laughs> <laughs> Is he going to do the podcast over typewriter and carrier pigeon? <laughs> <laughs> Floppy disk. Save it to your floppy. <laughs> Is he sitting there with Alexander Graham Bell? Going to be doing Morse code. <laughs> Morse code. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right, Brooks. Imagine Mike Tyson, and he's coming off of a huge fight. Okay, you know, real sweaty, gross. Oh, yeah. So, would you rather suck Mike Tyson's big toe? <laughs> Or French kiss him after a big fight. 
<laughs> oh, I'd suck the big toe. <laughs> the toe? I'd really? Toe. Why do that? The shoe? Uh, huh? The toe after being in the shoe for the whole fight? Uh, the toe just probably coming off. Like I ugh. just, I don't, yeah, but think of how much blood and other stuff is in that mouthpiece and other people's ears. Good point. I hadn't even considered that. Think, think about how many blows he's had to the noggin. And then think of all the bacteria in there. It was probably full of semen. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so my answer to that initially, before it became after a big fight, was going to say French kiss him. But like now that it's after a big fight, like sweaty and nasty, yeah, I'm you going would, for the toe. You, you hussy. Let's suck the toe. <laughs> I kiss the shit out of him. Aren't gonna sweat like what? You think his feet aren't gonna be all sweaty and nasty from that fight? Like like, just a contained, I don't know, that contained mouth Mm. and like Brooke said, like no. Have y'all ever picked? No, no, no. Have you ever picked toe jam? Uh, And like smelled it? Okay, I mean like I'm going for How do you know he's not a big old hunk and chunk? A toe jam. Hold on, hold on. Why are you smelling your own toe jam? Why do you smell he didn't your own say farts? it was his own. I mean, it's because you do. It's because you do. I'd kiss the shit. Would you? Would you rather? Would you rather? Here he goes. Eat a dog turd that big, mm. fresh dog turd, <laughs> or swim in a swimming pool of urine for one hour. Oh, I'm going with urine. the swimming pool. Swimming pool you're, all day long. Swimming, you, gotta sn- you gotta snorkel too. You gotta snorkel. You gotta go under. <laughs> That's what I do. I'm going swimming. Cannonball in. Put on some floaties. Puddle jumper. I don't care. A turd? How fresh is the urine? Ho- hold on a second. Whenever you're swimming in a public pool, you're pretty much swimming in a pool of urine anyways. So y- urine it is. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'd have to do the swimming for sure. 